In today's show, we look ahead to Tuesday in the NBA, all the things we're watching for, streaming options, injury updates, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I've already done two shows today. An injury update show, plus a whole show centered on the Rui Hachimura trade. Didn't know I'd have to talk about Rui Hachimura that much, but there you go. So we've done those shows. Go back and check them out on YouTube or on your podcast feed. You can hear my thoughts explicitly about that trade and about injuries right across the NBA. But now we're going to focus a little bit on Tuesday. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. First game. Chicago takes on the Indiana Pacers. I've got my assistant here with me. Obi sitting on my lap. Because he wants to know all about Tuesday in the NBA. The Bulls are playing the Pacers. The Bulls are one-point favorites. It is a back-to-back for Chicago, so we get a little bit more data on them for Monday. The injuries we know is Javante Green will be out. Lonzo Baller will be out. Tyrese Halliburton will be out for Indiana. The one we're waiting on is the status of Andrew Nembhard, who's dealing with an illness. He's played under 30 minutes for three consecutive games, Nembhard. If he is out, then the value of guys like Benedict Matherin, maybe Chris Duarte get a bit of a boost, maybe Aaron Neesmith, but it's mainly... TJ McConnell, who's going to play a ton and be the guy that we want to look at in that scenario. So what do we want to watch on the Indiana side? Well, we do want to watch Nembhard, who's really struggled. And when Halliburton returns, which might be in a week, Nembhard's not going to be a 12-team league guy. So if he does miss this game, and they've got a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back the Pacers, he could be an option to drop. But they also have three games in four nights. So if Nembhard plays Wednesday, three games in four nights is really, really valuable. And that makes it harder to drop someone when they could be racking up big minutes in this short period of time and you don't have to waste a waiver out on it. So I'd love to see the status of him and how he plays. He's had some okay games, but the majority have been bad without Halliburton. So we hope that he's able to do more, but we want to watch to see his role. Also want to watch Aaron Neesmith, who I don't believe is a 12-team league guy in general, but three games in four nights. If you're ever going to add Neesmith with the opportunity that maybe Nembhard is out, this is it. If you're going to add Benedict Matherin, this is it. Now, is Isaiah Jackson going to play three games in four nights? Of course he isn't, because why would you play your best young promising center when you could play a top 10 bus like Jalen Smith? You've always got to take that opportunity. Maybe we get a game from Jackson. Maybe we get two. Having Isaiah Jackson is not for immediate production. It's to see if anything happens at the trade deadline two weeks from now. That is it. You will cop zeros. And if you cannot cop zeros, you are not you don't deserve, that's, that's harsh. If you can't cop zeros because of where you are in the standings, then you don't need to hold him. It is not for immediate production, Isaiah Jackson. It is for stashability. We'll wait to see what happens at the deadline. That is it. But we do want to watch Nempard. We do want to watch Smith. We do, or Neesmith, sorry, not Smith. We do want to watch Neesmith to see exactly what goes on with those blokes. Second game is the Celtics taking on the Miami Heat. This is a back-to-back for Boston. Um, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, and the Rock DJ Robbie Williams are all out on Monday. No one's surprised there. I expect Al Horford will be out on Tuesday. 
I don't know whether Smart or Brogdon will be available. They're not. It's not a standard back-to-back rest situation. Brogdon's out for personal reasons. Um, Smart dealing with an ankle problem. I think Williams is a chance to play. Rob Williams, that is, on, on Tuesday. But we could have Smart, Brogdon, Rob Williams, and Al Horford all out, meaning Derek White, Grant Williams, um, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Luke Cornett, all getting pretty significant boosts if that was the case. On the Miami side, the only injuries are players that don't matter for their rotation. So we want to watch Kyle Lowry. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Lowry played much better last game. That nerfed the value of Max Struess and, more importantly, Gabe Vincent. And I expect that Lowry's minutes will rise again because he played, what, 20 or 30, 30 minutes last game? Yeah. So I expect that he plays more than that in this upcoming game. And that is obviously going to have impacts on guys like Oladipo and Struess and Vincent. But we do want to watch Lowry. We hope that he's able to maintain some strong value because he's had some moments this season. He's had some smelly moments, but he's had some good moments as well. We also want to watch Caleb Martin, who is starting and playing good minutes, but really not sniffing really close to 12-team numbers. He's okay at times, but he's a guy more that we stream in and we try rather than must hold through a 12-team league season. He's going to be on and off rosters, and I don't really see huge amounts of that changing. For the Cavs, they're taking on the Knicks in the next game. The big status that we don't know is the Don. Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. But in saying that, he's been upgraded to probable. So we sort of do know. That was a little bit misleading. Donovan Mitchell has been upgraded to probable. So your Dracaris Levert stream is probably dead. Dracaris. It may have been torched. I would still probably hold Levert for Tuesday, just in case Mitchell is limited and Levert has one of those games. But as a long-term thing, no. No, he's just not going to be that guy. We've seen it time and time again that if Garland and Mitchell are playing, Levert's bad. That is the overwhelming or the overriding uh, valuation of him. And I think that'll continue. So I also want to watch Evan Mobley. Last time we saw Evan Mobley, he was out there dropping bombs. Like he was dominating. Is that something real? His minutes have been astonishingly high. 40, 39, 37, 38. He's doing some very good stuff defensively. He's ramping it up offensively, which is really interesting and something that we do need to pay attention to. Can he become a guy that does take on like a ton of usage? Is that is that a real thing? I don't know. But I want to watch it because it was a very interesting development last time we saw Mobley out there. For the Knicks, they're going to have no Mitchell Robinson. Manuel quickly is questionable with that knee soreness. So we want to look at Jericho Sims. You just made the list. Sims has played 28 and 33 minutes the last two games, starting in place of Mitch Robinson, and that gives him value. So for now, when you want rebounds, you want field goals, you want blocks, Sims is the guy. You definitely have Sims over Hartenstein. Sims, I wouldn't have Sims over, say, Dan Gafford, which we'll talk about later, but he's he's an option for sure, and he is worthy of a 12-team roster spot as a stream when you need those numbers. I also want to watch Grimy. This briefcase and this haircut. I'm not worried about his role. I'm not worried about his minutes. They're all there. I'm worried about doing something with them because he's a low usage player, like 14, 15% usage who has fluctuating shooting numbers, doesn't always get rebounds or assists. Like I'm not sure what he's doing. He's like, we love it. Young player. Oh, we're not trading him for Mitchell or oh, some big numbers came on high efficiency early in the season. But in reality, he's a worse Contavious Caldwell Pope. Someone who sits around, gets good minutes and produces 10 points with two threes and two assists and a steal and doesn't really blow us away. Like, I always want Quentin Grimes if there's a day like this where I can stream him in. There's great value. But as someone that has to be rostered, I don't think so. I don't think he does. Maybe he changes my mind. Again, I'm not sure. I know that his role is not really changing. Even with quickly out, he'll play the same minutes and probably have the same usage. 
But maybe that changes. I don't think so, but maybe it does. We will find out. That is the point of all of this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America, and it is, of course, FanDuel. FanDuel, um, I don't know what I was going to say. If you're new to FanDuel, yeah, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. If I look over there on FanDuel at the moment, they've got um, NBA awards odds. Jokic has surged to the front for MVP, minus 110. The next closest is Doncic at plus 430. That is a staggering golf. Tatum is third, Embiid is fourth, and Giannis is fifth. But Jokic is so far ahead of the pack for um, MVP, but it's not funny. Defensive player of the year, the overwhelming favorite is Jaron Jackson. Wow. Followed by Brooke Lopez and Nick Claxton. So they're all the odds that are there. It's on an app that's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanjuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanjul, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's look at the Nuggets. They're taking on the Pelicans, and they may or may not have MVP favorite Nikola Jokic in their lineup because Jokic has missed the last two games with a hamstring issue. Now, the report was from a Philly head coach. I can't remember his name. Adelman? I don't, I don't remember his name. Um, that Jokic is likely to play on Tuesday, but they've got a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. So I can see caution being exercised somewhere there. If Jokic is out, Zeke Nagy has been the guy to get some value in there. Um, Zion will be out for New Orleans, but hold on to somebody's dick. Like, just hold on right now. Brandon Ingram is doubtful. Now, this is not the Hornets listing someone doubtful every single game, and Ingram is not going to play, right? Doubtful means not going to play, but it's not out, and that means we are getting close. And as I think, I think we'll see him Saturday. I don't think we'll see him on the Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back. There's a possibility for Wednesday. I think we'll see him play Saturday, and then, of course, sit on Sunday because it's a back-to-back. So Ingram is coming back. They've also got Najee Marshall, who's questionable with his own toe issue. Um, and Maga Porter Jr. for Denver's out. Or no, sorry, he's not out. He missed last game for personal reasons. He's questionable here. If Porter's out, we look to Bruce Brown. I want to watch Zeke Naji. What is his role if Jokic plays? Is he good enough to stream if Jokic is out? Yes is the answer to that, but we do need to see that. And also Aaron Gordon, who just had a horrible percentage tonight. He's been really strong this season, but you do have to deal with a lot of his deficiencies, and that is some of the shooting stuff, which has started to rear its head. And some of the early season production for him has tapered off somewhat. So I'd like to see some improvement there from Aaron Gordon. For the um, Pelicans, Dyson Daniels was really good last game. But if Najee plays, is there any use in Dyson? Where does he fit in with Trey, with um, Herb Jones? Where do the minutes come for Dyson? Because I think he's good, but I'm not sure there's enough playing time there. I also want to watch Larry Nance, who was excellent last game. And we love getting sucked in. Well, I love getting sucked in with Larry Nance because I know he can be a useful player. Consistency is the worry. My issue is, again, with Zion. If they need to rely upon more on Valanciunas, it's going to hurt Nance. So I'm not rushing to add him, but there's nothing wrong with going and adding Larry Nance at this point. Wizards and the Mavs is the next game we look at. Dallas is six and a half point favorites here. We know the crucifix Christian Wood is out. We know that Kristaps Porzingis is out with his ankle problem and Muxy Kleber is out. So on the Wizards, I want to watch Dan Gafford really closely. He's going to start. He's going to play without foul trouble. Pretty good minutes. And he is, I believe, a must-roster player. Not only is Porzingis out, but Rui Hachimura has been traded. You can also try with Denny Avdia because I think he's going to start. 
So you'll see Gafford at the five, you'll see Kuzma at the four, and Avdia at the three. I think they'll go that direction. Avdia probably needs one of the guards out, Beal or Morris or Wright, so he gets more ball handling chances, but he's at least worth a look as a stream. While for the Mavs, with Wood out, no one's a clear winner. They go with small ball center with someone like Finney Smith. They play Dwight Powell at times. They play Bertans. They play almost 30 minutes of Josh Green. So I want to see what Josh Green can do. He's probably a 16-team league guy more than anything. And Finney Smith's more of a 14-team league player. But hey, maybe something changes my mind. I doubt it, but maybe something does. The next game we look at is the Hornets. They're taking on the Phoenix Suns. This is a back-to-back for Charlotte. We don't know whether LaMelo Ball is going to play on Monday. I would be pretty surprised, but... If he doesn't play Monday, there's a chance he plays Tuesday. If he does play Monday, I'd say he's out on Tuesday. But we need to watch that. Booker will be out. Ubre will be out. I expect Cody Martin will be out. Um, DeAndre Ayton is dealing with an illness and Landry Shamit with that foot issue. So they're both currently questionable. On the Suns, I want to see Dario Saric because he came off the bench last game and played really well. Now, if Ayton returns and Shamit's there, where do Saric's minutes come from? That's the big question. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy, but I do want to watch to see his role, to see how he fits in with Tory Craig as well. And then Cam Johnson. People may have panicked after last game because it wasn't a good one. Great buy low chance. And if someone drops Cam Johnson because he didn't shoot well, go and add him. He is a must-roster 12-team league player, and we'll see what happens for him in this game. But I'm not particularly worried about it, and I would definitely try and capitalize on someone's panic. The Clippers and the Lakers is the last game that we're going to take a look at here before we get into streaming stuff. The Lakers are four-point underdogs. Against the Clippers, we know that Davis is out, Reeves is out, John Wall is out. I don't know about Luke Kennard. He's questionable. Lonnie Walker is questionable. And I highly doubt that Rui Hachimura will be available, but you never know. The trade is official. It's complete. It's finalized. If he gets over to LA and is able to pass the physical, maybe he does play in this game on Tuesday. On the Clippers, I want to watch Norman Powell because will they go to him as the point guard? In those lineups ahead of Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson, we know that Powell doesn't get assists. He's a points guy and needs usage. So monitoring his usage and role is always something important in terms of determining value. I think he is a 12-team league guy for now. I'm not super confident in it long-term, but I think he is for now. And then Terrence Mann, the value has fallen away. The numbers have dropped off. You don't need to hold him, but that can change in an instant. On the Lakers, I do want to watch the tank, Tom Bryant. Last game was great. The games before that was terrible. Is he a good fit against Zubats and all of the wings? Is he going to get cooked by them? I don't think so. I think he's worth a stream at least. Now, his value is going to die when Davis returns, but I'd much rather have Bryant than um, Gabriel at this point just because there is upside. And I want to see whether Rui Hachimura plays. And if he does, what is his role? Because there is a chance that with Davis out and maybe Reeves out, or definitely Reeves out, and maybe Walker out, that he played 33 minutes in his first game and puts up 25 points with five rebounds. That's possible. And then you would absolutely sell high for anything you could if you were me because you don't believe in him long-term. But we want to see whether he actually plays, what his role is, how many minutes he gets. Always a good thing to do. You can hear my opinion on it. Like I've talked, I did a whole 15-minute show on Rui Hachimura and the trade, right? It's always a good idea, though, for you to go in, look at the Lakers rotation and understand there are 240 minutes available every night. And a coach will play nine or 10 guys. That is it. So have a look. How do you realistically find the minutes for Rui. You might be able to find a way to get 30 minutes. But remember, nine guys get used, 10 guys get used. They don't give 30 minutes to seven players and the other two play four minutes. You have to try and figure out how to look at a rotation. And that's when you look at it and you go, ah, oh, maybe there aren't as many minutes available here for Rui Hachimura when I give them to LeBron and Davis and Westbrook and Schroeder and Reeves and Walker. Like maybe there aren't enough minutes there available for him. It is worth, it's an exercise worth doing 
Maybe you can figure out the 30 minutes for him. Maybe you can figure out 32. Maybe you can't even figure out 20 minutes for Hachimura. It is a worthwhile exercise to look at a roster that's going to be healthy within a week and figure out where he gets the minutes. It is very, very useful to do for your own benefit, I think. So let's look at some back-to-backs now um, for Tuesday, Wednesday. Real, uh, these guys are all available in 40% plus. Like TJ McConnell, what are you doing? Three games in four nights, absolute must roster. Surely nobody watching this doesn't, doesn't have him. He has to be rostered. Tom Bryant, not a bad ad for a back-to-back. Trey Murphy, Dan Gafford. Like I've, three of those guys there, Gafford, McConnell, Murphy, love it. Dylan Wright, possibly a long-term 12-team league player as well, but you got the, the back-to-back to help him. Dennis Schroeder, Larry Nance, and Denny Avdia. All of those guys have some pretty strong claims to be valuable for the back-to-back, but also valuable short-term in 12-team and also valuable long-term. The long-term guys, Gafford, Wright, Nance, maybe Denny. But some great short-term value there as well. And we're talking a little bit more about short-term here anyway. If we just look... To the guys to play on Tuesday. These guys are all available in 50% plus. Jericho Sims and Dan Gafford highlight the way to me really clearly. Then it's Delon Wright, Larry Nance, um, Dennis Schroeder. You never know what you're going to get, but you feel like you're going to get good free throws at least with some scoring opportunities, but he can kill you. Patrick Williams is a pretty good ad. Derek White with the absences maybe of Smart, Brogdon, Williams, and Horford. There could be a big opportunity there for White. And then I do like the stream of Quentin Grimes, who again is not producing big numbers, but enough of a role to be useful on Tuesday. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% plus. Neesmith, Avdia, Dwight Powell, Pat Beverly, Obi, obviously, um, Nico Batum, Josh Green, Caleb Martin, and even Derek Jones, who's getting back up four and back up five minutes for the Bulls. These guys are all available everywhere. And in 16-teamers, maybe even 14, especially with Neesmith, Avdia, Powell, Beverly, Batum, they're all 14-team league guys, I think. If we look in points league options, these guys are all available in 40% plus for Tuesday. It's McConnell, Tom Bryant, Dan Gafford, Tim Hardaway, um, Dennis Schroeder, Jericho Sims, Denny Avdia, Trey Murphy. Like pretty easy options for you to stream in and have some real value there on Tuesday. If you look at the next four nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's only one high volume day in there and that is Wednesday. So who are the guys that play good value or good, good amount of games in the middle here to get that boost on the lower volume days? Well, the team we're really looking at is the Cavs. They've got three games in four nights and it skips Wednesday. I like McConnell, obviously. He's got two low-volume nights in the next four. But then you've got um, someone like uh, well, Jericho Sims as well with the two games I like. Then you've got Isaac Okoro and Kevin Love. And they might not come to your mind as guys to want to add there. They might play 21 minutes a night, 22 minutes a night. They're not always that good. But three games in four nights, three games with one waiver ad, it makes some sense. And you skip Wednesday. You get Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And that's, that's useful. It doesn't work for everybody, but when you're trying to get more games in with limited waiver ads, this is a good way to attack it. I also like Norman Powell with two games on low volumes in the next four. Quentin Grimes, Pat Williams, and Derek White. Again, it's a great ad. You get two nice little games out of them, and you can use them on those lower volume days. If we just look at the, the four days in totality, who are some guys who have got real strong top 100 per game value that you probably should have rostered? And there's a lot of the names we've mentioned already. We go TJ McConnell. He's got three games in four nights. Yes, one of them's on Wednesday, but it doesn't matter. Tom Bryant, Trey Murphy. They've got two games. Still useful. Jericho Sims. Dan Gafford with two games. Dillon Wright with two games. These are all guys who I think should be added in 12-team leagues. Jalen Duran's only got one game, but he should be rostered. And then the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Has two games as well. And I do think he can narrowly sneak inside the top 100 per game over the next four nights. And that provides you value. And guys, 
That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.